welcome back to the captain's log here. I am uh, JP Tumas and, and Captain Greg. And I'm really excited here uh, for our guest here today, um, Captain Jay Faze. Uh, I've known him pretty much most of my life. And uh, I think that. Very I, big deal of it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I uh, have uh, heard, uh, I thought that I heard all your stories, but I hear a new one every time you come around. Yes. So. But uh, yeah, uh, we're actually right now sitting right here on the, the Beaver River, um, you know, getting ready for our, our Yacht Club's regatta here this weekend. And I uh, thought that maybe you could just take some time here and, and talk to us a little bit about some of your experiences. First right. of all, first of all, I got one question for Sir. you, Jay. Yes. Whatever made you decide to get your captain's license? What was the reason that you ended up, you know, to end up getting it? I wanted to be a more professional boater, period. Okay. Even if most of my work's going to be in pleasure boating, I wanted to start learning everything I could. Okay. And I'm just, just curious. And, no, and, and, and just on the outside chance. Never asked you that. That if I would, known you. <laughs> that if I would, that if I would move geographically, right, take my boat with me, right. I want to know that there are different procedures or I wanted to know all the procedures of say navigating in the Chesapeake okay. or out in the open ocean if you know if we go that um, I just wanted to learn more than what I learned in the boater safety classes and some of the other classes I've taken with the Coast Guard Auxiliary uh, that that does you fine for river navigation but if you start getting into open water the Great Lakes you know, yeah, Chesapeake, Chesapeake. Uh, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. You know, that I, I didn't want to go down there and get in over my head. And I understand. I understand. As, and I'm sure that you know, with your experience and JP's experience, uh, you can get in over your head. Oh, and absolutely. Even if you're an experienced captain, or else we wouldn't have it, shipwrecks. It even happens on the rivers here, though. Yes. Too. You know, I mean, um, you know, there's it, it's it's all different boating. Three weeks ago, um, I was out. And I saw a storm coming, it was a Wednesday or Thursday, and it hit hard. And I had just turned into the beaver, and I couldn't see. I literally couldn't see. My glasses, it, you know, were getting, you know, were just covered with rain. It, we were having lightning strikes all around, because the fire sirens started going off right after the lightning strikes. Right. And... The first thing you you have to learn is don't panic. Yeah, exactly. But I couldn't see where I was, and I was near the train bridge down here. So all I did was, you know, uh, all I did was, uh, you know, ovals. You know, uh, I tried to run downwind so I could clear my glasses off for five seconds and then come back up. Yeah. And after about seven or eight minutes of that, it, I, I'm looking for a place. I didn't feel that I would be secure if I dropped anchor. I, the wind was so hard. Uh, we had almost white, you know, we had white caps up on the Beaver River, which I've never seen. <laughs> oh, no. And, in the Ohio, yeah. I've yeah, but I've never on seen them on the Beaver. Beaver. No. And I started looking for a place where I could nest up. Yeah. Well, the old fuel dock. Okay. Okay. And I started thinking there's not going to be anyone there. Yeah. And the wind was pushing from my left. And I went, you know what, I can just let the wind... Of course, you're right to the... And I wasn't worried about damage to the hull. I just wanted to get 
out of it. Yeah. To the point, you know, and that's what we did. You know, I got I got to the point where I saw it close. I let the wind blow me up against the the the, uh, the dock and stayed there. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's somebody that. And the big thing is, you know, don't panic. You yeah. know, if you lose your mind, because. Um, my friend who was with me, she, you know, she went, I told her, get down the cabin, you know, and, and just let me work this out. Yeah. And the only time I got her out of the cabin was to, I said, when you feel us hit it, jump. I said, take a line with us, and I don't care what you tie it off to. Just right, just get it. Just, just get a line on the cleat on the boat, and, so and the wind will probably hold us there, and it did. Yeah. yeah. And the storm blew out, everything was fine. Yep. But um, you could see where. A boater, if you've never been caught in a, in a sudden squall, and you think if you're out in the uh, Great Lakes or in the Chesapeake, somewhere where you have a lot of body of water, um, and you guys drilled it into our heads, the height of your waves is speed, duration, and fetch. Speed of the wind. How long the wind blows and how much fetch, how much water there is for it to blow against. That's it. And the bigger, the more water and the more, you know, you can get waves. Yeah, and a lot bigger waves. I've known, I've been out in Lake Erie on other people's boats when a storm has blown in and it can get nasty in a heartbeat, you know. Um, and it's, you know, but you have to keep your head on. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. one of the things I mean whenever and you have to remember to you're the captain, you're sitting behind the helm. Everything is on your shoulders. You're, if anything go, bad goes wrong, yep, it's, it's on you. On yeah. you. It, you're yeah. the one, yeah. You know, the yep. captain is always responsible for his command. Yep. The Absolutely. one who's operating the boat. Yes. Yep. The one who's operating. And you guys beat, you know, you guys beat that into our heads. Yep. And I, I think a lot of people come into boating and they don't realize it's nice to go out and putt around and, oh, and yeah. to go and pull a tuber and watch nature and you know there's so many weekend so, warriors out there that do that weekend well, captains you walmart know. boaters yeah yeah <laughs> uh you know in the in the sad part of it was what was that four years ago those two kayakers went over dash shields yeah. the one had had her kayak all of four hours yeah the yep. other one had her friend had had it for four days yeah, and, and and they and they went right past the big pylon float that says danger, damn, stay away, and then right and, over, and right over, yep. Uh, because I was unfortunate enough to, you know, it was what, 12, 13 days later, I was bringing my boat back from Pittsburgh from winter storage. I was late that year bringing it out, and uh, I found the other one. Oh. oh, but luckily for me, two fishermen saw it right about the same time and they scooted over and they were the ones who called 911 so you you could just keep on going, going on. yeah i didn't yeah. want the, because the people i had on the boat to help me through the locks i was having enough trouble coaching them to what to do and uh, yeah. they didn't uh else. yeah i did not want them to see that because right. in 40 years as a police officer i've seen enough of that they never paid me enough to see what i saw right so I didn't want that. I didn't really want to expose them to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm sure you yourself didn't want to see that on just a cruise back to the to the club no. here. You know, to his dock. So right. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm in favor of more and more training. I, I think there ought to be. You should have to take basic boating 
you know the voter safety and I know if you're if you're born after a certain date you have to take it um, and of course you'll operate a jet ski yeah. same thing yeah but I still think you should there should be a, a more advanced course that because you a safe safe boating one yeah because there too much bad can happen too quickly yeah. and um, and you you know you worry about the other guy as he drunk out of his mind. Uh, I know it's a great form of recreation, but when you're the captain, you've got to really learn to temper yourself. You know, when you're tied back up, drink your little heart's content. Oh yeah. But if you're out and you have people on your boat that are either family, friend, whoever, right? You're responsible for their lives. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Not yep. to mention too all the money that we put into our. Our boats, boats and vessels yes. and stuff like that, and yes. then you know, I, well, and I mean the same could go. You could say the same for cars and stuff like that. But I mean, I think boats are a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more. Well, you know, so. when you don't, when you don't in an area like this where you do not boat for six, seven months, and I do it every year because I've scared myself a couple of times early in my boating career. Um, you get away from it. You don't use it for seven months, you get back in, and all of a sudden, you can't get into your own dock. Yeah. Or or just, you're just forgetting things. Forgetting things. Right. And, and you've got to get back in the chair, and you got to get that boating mentality. Operation. Same thing happens happens on the on the roads too. The first time, first snow. Nobody knows how to drive in snow. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one knows how to do that. Yep. Or it happens, has, you're right. It happens. Same thing on if on the you own, If you own a classic car, don't drive it for seven months and get back in it. Oh. Yep. And you'll find yourself, you know, wait a minute. Where's the where's the defroster switch? You know, you forget things. Forget things. Yeah. Yep. The, the yep. human mind. And I'll give you a quick story from my father. And and. Um, when before World War II in 1939 was when the B-17 bomber was developed by Boeing. Right. Now there wasn't even a war on. At least we were. Yeah, we were involved. We're involved but they were looking for a multi-engine heavy bomber. Right. Well, they built this thing, and it was a technological wonder because of all the systems that were on it, and um, and it got its name when when they brought it out of its hangar in Spokane, Washington. They brought it out of its hangar, the press is there, the military's there, the civilians are there, and one of the reporters said, my God, it's a flying fortress, and that's how it got its nickname. Gotcha. But the two pilots that took the initial flight, they did their taxi test, they ran up and down a runway, then they start, you know, building up speed, and then they finally got the go-ahead, you know, days later that they were going to actually fly her. Right. Well, the first flight lasted less than 60 seconds, and then it involved the destruction of the first aircraft airframe and killing both pilots. Oh. And when they dissected the plane, the controls were locked. Hmm. They could pull on those yokes. But there was a there was a catch switch. The plane had enough lift to get off the ground, but then yeah, you couldn't use couldn't, then it. The controls were locked, and they did not know. You know, they were probably panicking up there. Well, not even panicking, but trying to work the problem, and they didn't have enough time to do it. And right. she lost lift, and boom, boom, boom. right. Um, and 
the thing that came out, the big thing that came out of that investigation and started a whole, that we do something to this day, checklists. Yeah, okay. That's where the checklist came. And you, the mind can only absorb so much. They're working with a brand new aircraft that has never been flown. And they couldn't remember everything. Yeah. You know, they knew how to start the engines, they knew how to do this, they did. But somehow that little, one little thing, yep. one little thing was the cascade, the waterfall event that brought the down and killed them. Well, and you know, we we harp the idea on the smaller boats that you should be doing stuff like that, yes. drills, but you can only imagine what they do on big commercial vessels oh. when it comes to checklists and drills and, and things like that. I think even like when we were talking before we decided to do this, you were t telling us uh, just even the drills that you were yes. doing as a passenger. Yes. Um, you know, or being and they And they drill constantly. You know, if they're, uh, they have their uh, safety checks that they do every day, you know, in, generally at the turn of watch. Uh, and then the drilling, you know, they, at least once a voyage, they're going to get into survival suits, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and they want them. They want you in them in less than a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 train for piracy on the high seas. They train for piracy, especially if they're working around uh, the Indian Ocean yeah. area. Yeah. You know, they train for piracy. But they also in 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 Southeast Asia, they train for piracy. Imagine. Uh, because and some of the boats have certain systems on board now and people on board now to stop it piracy is going way down uh, it's a shame it had to, you know military force had to be used to uh, to do it but um, you know you're you're getting a container ship worth with its load uh, billion dollars investment right. held hostage right. you know and you don't know what's going to happen to the crew right uh, you know, and that's why they built things into the boats now. Um, to stop it, it from happening. Well, and if it does happen, that the crew's insulated and safe. You know, they they're doing so much. Right. You know, the the newer the the newer boats have been. Some of the older boats have been reconverted. The bigger lines are remodeling and reconverting, and then the big the new ones come with stuff so automatic. Automatic, right? Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things too. Um, you know, maybe if you could share with some some of the experiences that you had. Well, um, just two really that stick out. Uh, I was lucky enough to call in some favors and do a little whining and complaining and wheeling. And <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I I worked some friends that I already had who had friends in uh, shipping shipping business, and I was lucky enough to be on the Great Lakes in a bulk carrier for five days and I did 11 days I believe it was on the high seas in a container ship. Okay. Um, I acted as kind of a passenger uh, but they taught me how to stand bridge watches, the kind of lookouts that they deploy, how they deploy them, what they want you to do. Um, I got since I have never had a boat of my own that had radar, the new radar systems are unbelievable what they can see. Now that doesn't mean that you're, you can go, go fly blind. Right. Um, the, uh, the amount of automation on these ships is astounding. Yeah. Um, you have a helmsman, uh, the container ship, which was a, 
a, a 10,000 box container ship and that's a small one now because they're hitting 20. Um, they once they navigate away from port and they hit the shipping lanes the boats the, the, the ship is basically on autopilot right they because the autopilot it's like in a commercial airliner it drives it better than the pilots and they're looking at how many tons of fuel per mile that they burn right and if the computers can do it but you still have to have the man behind the wheel in case case, yeah. case yeah you know uh, and uh, I was the up on the bridge. The autopilot doesn't see that uh, that other boat uh, no. cutting in front of you or going no. across here, <laughs> or or just a wall of a rogue wave coming. A rogue action. wave, right? right. You know, the radar see will see it, right? But the autopilot doesn't, right? And um, they, the the the. Uh, you want to start with the container or the Great Lakes? Which, which, which whichever. You, okay, the Great Lakes. Um, one of the biggest ore carrier bulk carriers out there. It mostly hauls coal. Um, she's never going to leave the Great Lakes because she can't go down to St. Lawrence. Okay. She's too big. She was built up in the Great Lakes, and yeah, when yeah. her when her, when she gets scrapped, that's where it's going to. She'll be turned back into steel and the razor blades or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, the commander has been her commander since she was new. He was uh, first mate on other bulk carriers, worked his way up the ladder. Um, one of the nicest, uh, very humorous, but very businesslike. You know, when he needed to be business, he was business. If he just wandered up on the bridge with a cup of coffee to see what his other crew, what his crew was doing, Not overly firm, and and I noticed that on both both trips I took, the captain's guide, they rarely snap. You know, they only snap if someone's about ready to like walk off the edge of the boat. You know, right. he might yell. Yeah. But they, you know, they they are constantly reminding people, and um, I both of them kind of uh, had the same idea. They said if you've got 30, 40 people. In a confined area, um, because you're not the, you know, the the cargo takes up most of the boat. Oh yeah, the boat itself, yeah. and then they try and stuff every cubic foot of it with cargo, right. no matter what it is, coal, right. iron ore, it's container most, box. It's mostly either the cargo or the engine. You yeah, know I mean? exactly. And they, uh, you know, you're in a confined space for at least thirty to forty days, you know, before they rotate off on the container ship. On the uh, on the, uh, uh, the 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 freighters on the lakes, they're there for about seven months. You know, they start as soon as the lakes start to de-ice, and they roll until November. And you know that's how they you know. And he said you don't get much time off. You know, right. you, you don't have a separate crew that takes over, and you guys get two weeks off. You know, right? You're you're up there, and you're just going from city to city to city to city, hauling um, the material, hauling it. Yes, and um, but the on the on the lakes, um, depending on the ship, what you're doing, what you're hauling, you end up going through the Sioux canals, which is there. When you see them from a distance, God, you think, boy, that looks like a lake all of itself. And then when you take a ship that size up into it that barely fits, right? 
and you go, boy, it looks awful small. And <laughs> you're looking at masterful um, maneuvering. Right. And on the Sioux, um, you know, there's no pilot. The captain knows takes it through. You know, and you, I, I noticed how much pre-planning they did on approaching the Sioux locks. As far as having his monkey lines and casting lines, everything ready, you know. And if you checked it yesterday, you're going to go check it again today. Right. You know, you're going to make sure that we're ready for any contingency once we get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when they use the electronic chart plotters, and which they also back up on paper, um, they have their system. Like, depending on which way you're going on the Sioux, you're having incoming traffic, so you have to know how you're going to wrap yourself around and, who would, and, and who's coming. Uh, the thing that uh, really stuck out in my mind was the AIS, uh, Automatic Identification System, on the radars. And I don't know why it took so long to get to that. Um, God, you would think that as soon as radar came in, wish they could have done that, but yeah. um, the AIS system, every, just about every commercial vessel now, and I think it's like 3,000 tons and up, has to have them, and, and, and there's a, you know, I'm Greg, I'm sure you're probably more up on this than I am, but I know there's a, there's a certain size on a commercial vessel, they have to have it now. Have it, yeah. <laughs> and when you're looking at that radar chart, it's sort of like what you see in the movies, looking at a air traffic control chart, gotcha. you'll see the name of the boat, its course, its speed. You know exactly who you're dealing with. Yep. You may not be able to see him, even, even if there's fog, you may not be able to see him, but you know who he is. And where he's at. And you can always look where he's in, going. and you can always look up the reference. Is that a 3,000 ton boat or is it a 30,000 ton boat? Right. You know, and so you can respect the ability for the other captain what he can maneuver and what he can't do also. If you get two of these behemoths going side by side, you know, you've got to make sure that you both have enough clearance to get through. Get through, right. right. Uh, now, what was the route that you went? We went, um, uh, we went from uh, uh, a coal loading uh, place in Sun Nolan, Wisconsin. Okay. And we went down to Detroit. Okay, so what pretty much Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Michigan Superior. Oh, Michigan, Michigan Superior. Superior. Yeah. And you do see pleasure boats out, and you see a lot of fishing boats out, both commercial and charter. Okay. Um, some of the, the one, uh, the third officer of the, of the ship called them fleas. <laughs> <laughs> he said, or mosquitoes. He said, no, we got a mosquito about four miles, uh, you know, ahead of us, you know. And the interesting thing on, you know, they... They carry, um, there were about three radars that I noticed, scopes that were always running. Uh, the long range, and then they had one that is better for like 10, anywhere from five to 15 miles. All right. And then they had a piloting radar. And that was up on the foremast. foremast. And he said, that gives us pretty much dead, what's exactly ahead of us. Okay. Right? Yeah. He said, because when we're light, he said, we're way up out of the water. He said, you can't see down, right. you know, right. and, and, and he said, you know, cameras can get clouded, and he said, the radar works the best. Yeah. So they have, they have a pilot, they, 
I, I thought, maybe memory, but I thought they might have had two piloting radars, one on the stern and one on the bow. Okay. Well, for for maneuvering. Right. You know, and yeah, that was for close maneuvering. Um, the, the ship that I was on was also lucky enough that it can offload itself. It's one of oh. the few that can do it. So when they get in, they set this immense set of conveyors running and they offload coal, iron ore, whatever, whatever bulk they're carrying. Area. And it, you know, in uh, that saves a lot of time at the dock. Yeah. Um, and it, I forget the percentage that they say that they, that, that thing can reclaim, but it, so if, uh, if a, a electric generating company, if they're buying like Detroit Edison or something, if they're buying uh, 100,000 tons of coal, they don't want 90,000 tons. No. They're paying for 100 yeah. for you to move 100. So they and they want it all. They want 100. Yeah, or as damn close as close humanly yeah. possible. Right, right. Um, they turn watches, uh, they said, depending on how hard we've been working, they either go on an eight hour watch or 10. He said, you know, uh, he said, sometimes our engineering department works 10 because we've got projects going. And he said, we want to get a project finished so that you're not changing a watch and someone forgets a bolt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and for that, a generator goes offline or something. Right, yeah. right. Um, the engineering, you know, you could spend days just wandering the engineering department. Oh. It, it, you know, the, the what goes on under the water, below the water line, and then below the deck. Below the deck yeah. is just, yeah, you know, and, and and on the one I was on was, you were looking at all these uh, bunkers, you know, hatch cover, you know, the hatch covers are on, but all these bunkers are V-shaped. They they're like clamshells, and they open up onto the conveyors. That's how they can That's offload. How they offload. And this uh, it has a. 200 250 foot boom out that this the you know the coal just kind of zigzags its way through the ship and finally goes up and out. wherever they want it yeah um, the living conditions are actually good really very nice uh, everyone's up in the wheelhouse this kind of is built like a container ship without the containers gotcha it's got a five-story container a five-story wheelhouse wheelhouse uh, that's uh, medical, crew quarters, uh, recreational spaces, uh, electronics, everything that is built in this five-story wheelhouse. Okay. Uh, they have also a secondary helm that they can use in case something happens on the up on the, on the main. On the main. Your, your vision is not as good. You're not... In, I think the procedure was on that. If something happens to the mains, uh, there are officers or lookouts posted on the bridge wings with radios down to the down to the down secondary, to the secondary wheelhouse. wheelhouse. Almost everything has at least one backup, if not more. Yeah, right, right. Um, because they can get weather oh. up on the lakes. Oh, oh yeah. Know, and you go back to nineteen was it sixty or seventy five for the Edmund Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald yep. yeah. Right. And it's one of those things I mean you just described when we started out here, just the a thunderstorm that popped up on the little Beaver River that's less than, you know, football field right across. And then you talk about these storms on, you know, like Lake Superior, the deepest body of water that uh, they, want to is, make, they want to call it another ocean yeah instead of well because it is a, you know you so talk to geologists and i've heard this and i think you might have mentioned it in class greg 
that they're actually inland seas. Yeah, they are not oh, yeah, lakes. They are. They're not lakes. They're not lakes. Yeah. Um, Freshwater seas. Yeah. My brother uh, boats in Chagrin, Ohio, so he only has like about a half a mile to go down to Chagrin, and he's in Lake Erie. Lake Erie. And Jeff's been up there for, I think he's working on his sixth year, and he and uh, he and his wife both took the beginning boating, you know, safe boaters courses. But Jeff said, you're right, when you get up there, and he it's said, different. there are days, he said, where, he said, you know, he said, I, I'm constantly watching radar, and he said, and if I see anything that I don't even like, I start heading for the barn. Right. He yeah. said, I, you know, he's got a 20, 25 footer. He said, I just don't want to get caught in it. No. Yeah. And no. I, you know, he said, rather than scaring all of his family and friends and everything, and he said, and myself. Yeah. He said, you know, uh, he said, we pulled into Cleveland and waited it out. You know, if, if we have to throw the tarps up and, you know, get a hotel room because they don't have a cabin. He said, but it's, you know, I'll, I'll, he said, I'll, you know, I'll pay someone to tie up. Yeah. Recently, even had somebody in a class uh, down in, or, uh, down in Delaware ended up uh, saying, oh, yeah, the ocean and this and that. This is, I was one, one time on Lake Erie. I uh, don't <laughs> want to go there again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'll go on the ocean anywhere, but Lake Erie, mm, no, no, thank you. And it's one of those so. things, too. It could be a beautiful day like it is today. And you got that wind that pops up, and it just creates unsafe right. conditions out there. I mean, it's not just even the storms, but just wind can yes can do that. And I'm sure on the, those big big ships, the they catch that wind terribly. Well, yeah, because you've got nothing but boxes. Exactly. Up, you know, for five stories, eight stories, ten stories. Yeah. Um, the the lake boats, um, of course, they all know each other. You know, and they know oh, each yeah. other by first name. When they're talking on a radio telephone, they'll say, hey, Fred, how you doing? You know? yeah. Or, you know, okay, well, their first thing they'll say, hey, Mississippi Queen, you know. Yeah. You know, this is the, you know, this is the amethyst, you know. But then after that, it's Fred, Joe, Bob, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the crew, like I said, the crew quarters are comfortable. Um, very nice, decent-sized beds. The crew, most of the crew, um, like deck division, they sleep uh, anywhere from two to four room, but the rooms are big. I mean, it's not like you're walking into a closet. Right. Uh, they have, they make their own fresh water as much as they can. Sometimes he said we have to top off, but he said our our water plant's pretty good, so they just take lake water and purify, purify. it. And um, all the hot water you could want. If you want to take a Hollywood shower, there's no reason. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're in there. You know, turn it on, soap, soap up, up, rinse it, get out. Yeah. You know, no, you can you can take a holly. They call them Hollywood, Hollywood showers, showers just like they do in the Navy. Yeah. Um, the food is unbelievable. The 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 cooks are. Those poor guys get less rest than the crew because oh, they're cooking they're, almost twenty four hours a oh, day. Oh, absolutely. Um, because they know when they're turning a a, a watch at 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Some of those guys are not going to go right to bed. No, they've been up. You know, they, they, they want a sandwich. Yeah. Said, so they try and keep something warm. He said sometimes it's like if you had roast beef for dinner, they'll slice and make roast beef sandwiches, and they'll have them all up on the tables, and you know you just go by and build yourself one. Right. You know, um, when they're in port, those guys either have called ahead and they have fresh produce, 
etc. coming in, or they go out to the. Some of them hit the. Uh, depending on the city, they hit their their produce markets right, yeah. and, right, and food yeah. markets, and yeah. they buy fresh seafood, fresh meat, whatever. Whatever. Right. Um, you know, depending on what it, you know, what sometimes they some of the boats have uh, uh, like a scooter. Yeah. That they can take off. Okay. Know, um, yeah. Um, and there have been a few. I I didn't see one, but uh, I was assured by the crew. In the old days, they said almost every freighter up there had a Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> on a deck because it's light. Very little space. Very. You know, you could put stuff in it. Yep. Didn't cost a fortune to run. Nope. He said they buy one. He said in the, generally the mechanics in the engine department, you know, they buy some beat up bug, and <coughs> they would use it as their you know transportation. Yeah, you only drive it for about five miles yeah. away from it, but yeah. yeah. And he said, and it, you always had a crane available to pick that little thing up and put yeah, it back on the deck on and lash it down. Yeah. He said it didn't weigh anything. It didn't really affect yeah, your affect your anything. your center of gravity. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, he said, mm, sometimes, he said, we've gone past that. Most of the stuff gets delivered. Yeah. Um, but the cruise, okay, I'm only going by five days. Yeah. But you could see they had two greenhorns on board. They were they were new to the ship, the ship and new to getting on a ship. Right. So they're learning. Right. But you could see, and the, and the captain even would watch them working on deck like if they're hosing the decks off or they're checking the dogs on the uh, on the hatch covers and the captain said we're gonna watch him and I'm thinking what's he doing wrong and he and he went no 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 and he said he wants to learn he wants to advance he said he wants to be something else other than a deck yeah yeah he wants to maybe learn to be loadmaster or maybe he wants to learn to drive one of these things he yeah. said who knows but he said we watch, he said, the people that we want back are the people that want to learn. He said, some of the guys that get on here, they're going to go down in the engine compartment and they're going to be happier and clean. That's where they want to That's be. They want to be, right, be right, right. in there. Um, they carry electronics technicians now. And they may have a dual thing. They may do some deck work, but if anything, considering internet, considering everything that's on that ship, electronics, electronics. Yeah. The, and the more advanced the uh, the computer systems that drive the ship and the control the ship right so you almost have to have an ET on board right. to to do that right. um, it was five it, it, we only had like moderately rough weather one day uh, we were getting about eight footers and it didn't really move it move that boat that much um, you know it, it it weathered it nice reduced speed the thing that still amazes me is you can get a boat that's a thousand feet long and move it at 21, 22 knots. Wow. And that just astounds me. Loaded. Loaded. Wow. You know? Yeah. And that's when they talked, going back to the Fitzgerald. The Fitzgerald was 700 and some feet long, but she was one of the biggest on the lake at the time. At the time, yeah. And she could run 20 knots even back then. Yeah. Yeah. And now with the more uh, ecological friendly diesels, uh, they're learning to get more mile, more feet per gallon of fuel burned. Right. Uh, because it's all about cost. Yes. You know, how, yep. how much is it going to cost us to move 80,000 tons of coal from here to there yep. in, in crew cost and fuel cost? And that's, yep. what, you know, that's what they that's look everything. at. Yeah. They're, uh, it's, it's a 
pretty phenomenal uh, operation, and everyone knows their job. You know, they do it. They they really they look out for each other. Uh, you know, especially if they have if they're on deck, and the weather's getting a little sour, they do crew counts constantly, and everyone has to check in. They do not want to lose anybody. Yeah, they, and the captain's saying the same thing. This billion dollars worth of cargo, boat, and crew, which you can't put a number on, is mine. Right. Yeah. I am. Right. You know. I'm. You know. If any. If a brick falls on my head. If a brick comes down, tip me on the head first. Right. Yeah. It's me. Whether I could be off duty and sitting in my bunk. It's my boat. Still. Exactly. I'm Still, the one that yeah. has the keys, yeah. and it's mine. Right. Right. Yeah. The containers. Ooh, I, you know, just seeing something that big that floats is amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, I go by Newport News and I see the carriers when they're in, and they're astoundingly big. But the container ships are even getting bigger, yes. right? You know, as far oh, yeah. as gross tonnage. Gross tonnage, yes. And you know, uh, when the captain tells you, when we're fully loaded, I can't see two miles ahead of me. I can't. It's because it's containers. I'm containers, looking straight yeah. out. Right. And I can't see down because yeah. they don't step those containers at you. It's, they put Straight they down. max load. Right. right. And he said, you know, if we got ten, he said, if we're damn near fully loaded, he said, the higher they build those stacks, the less I have. He said, I don't know where I am. Right. Um, watching the pilots from different ports, those guys are real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they do the transfer at sea, and they. They're not really slowing down much to take the pilot on. No, oh, no. They may come down to around 15, 16 knots, but there's seas, you know, and the pilot oh, boat's yeah. going up and down, and I'm going, I'm looking over the rail going, no. You're not. You, know, you know, why That's don't you why lower... they make the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you lower a Stokes basket, you know, and pick my ass up instead of making me walk up a pilot ladder. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, they don't come to a stop for the pilot boat. No. They're moving. Yeah. And a lot of the ports, you're, you're on a schedule. They expect you at this date, at this time. And some of the boats have to go in because the draft so much, they have to hit the tide. Yep. They don't. Got to live by the tides. Well, there's an ore carrier um, that comes from Brazil. I believe it brings iron ore. It's called the Burgess Stahl. And it is one of the biggest and ugliest boats you've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's green and orange. And when you see it bow on, it looks like a barge. It looks flat. You know, it's, I think it's like 150, 160 foot wide. Wow. And it's so long, it's one of the biggest ocean going ocean ore carriers. Right. And, you know, it, like I said, between the bilious paint job and, and there's no. Looks like a big pumpkin. Yeah. Well, it's mostly green. <laughs> oh, uh, mostly okay. green. But it's got this ugly orange to, and I guess that's the company's colors. But um, it goes from Brazil to Holland and back. That's all it does. Back and forth, back. It goes nowhere else. And every time they said it takes them almost 10 days or 15 days to offload because they have to use clam, shoreborne yeah. clamshells. And then they drop front end loaders down in to get all of it. To get the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they, and they put it into big... Uh, they call them pigs. They're just big iron bins that they dump the rest of the stuff that the clams can't right. get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has to hit tide cycles. And if yeah. it does not hit tide cycles, 
they say when she comes in and she's loaded, there's less than two meters between her belly and the, and the bottom. And that's why they have to keep dredging the harbor for boats like her. Yeah. Because the silt builds up, and the next thing you know, they can't come in. They can't come in. Yeah. Right. But the container ships, um, they're constantly out on the deck checking the reefers, checking the hazmat uh, boats or the containers. They have to be checked every yeah. so many hours. Right. Um, uh, and they they hand notate, you know, what temperatures they're seeing. Uh, the hazmat they check just to make sure that the box is secure in the stack. Nothing is, you know, nothing's leaking, you know, right. using whatever. Um, and again, the 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 wheelhouse, the superstructure assembly, that's the living part of the boat. Um, but they have lots of, uh, they they all get internet all the time now. They, yeah. they, buy, they use satellites. Satellite, right, right. And I guess that helps the crew, you know, you can watch TV. You know, they watch TV from all over the world. You know, depending on where there's some of the crew, and they have about three crew lounges, so that if someone's watching something in German and someone's watching something you know, in English, you're not fighting over the TV sets. Uh, they have pool, they have shuffleboard, uh, they have weight rooms. Uh, one I was on even had uh, a half a basketball floor. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Um, you know, they want you to be entertained. You, right. You know, what, the, crews do email, the crews do email with their families and friends while they're out. Um, uh, the chef we had on that one was from the Orient. But he cooked just about everything. He made spare ribs. You know, he made ribs one night. You know, and, and he he tries to. He said, you know, every time they change crews, he knows most of the guys that are coming on. He's, you know, he changes his menu a little bit because he knows what they like to what eat. Like right, to eat. Right, 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 right. So they they are catering to keep these guys happy. I right. mean, they make good money, but you still want them happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. they have. A huge library of movies and TV shows and stuff to watch. You, you know, um, the only thing you don't have is alcohol. They do not tolerate it. Um, these big lines don't tolerate alcohol on a ship at all. Well, know. and I can imagine because even if you're not on duty, you know, say that there's an emergency or something, you got to. You can't, it. and you're drunk, and you're trying to get to a lifeboat station. Yeah, or a fire breaks out, something. Whatever. Yeah, and they drove. The, the big things they drill are man overboard, uh, well, fire is the big one. Yeah. They, they do fire drills, you know. Uh, it seemed like once a day. I, mean, <laughs> I know it wasn't, but, you know. Uh, because, you know, the, when they when they turn a watch over and the next group goes up and starts climbing through those stacks, and I don't know how you get, you don't get lost in the stacks. You know, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you're walking up and down ladders and, you know. And you know, thank God, most of the reefers, the reefers are all in like three or four stacks, um, and the hazmat's kept in one particular area. Uh, and they do train for anti-piracy, you know, because going through the Indian Ocean, that's that's the hotbed. Yeah. Um, and then the Suez is uh, is just a marvel. Um, it's just a big ditch. All right. Thanks for listening to this first episode with Captain Jay Thay. Stay tuned for part two coming your way soon.
And now, part two with Captain Jay Thays.
for that, that, what was your route for that? We came up through, uh, we were going north. Okay. So we had to get in line at the entrance to the Suez, and you'll see all these ships just parked. You know, you're anchored. And depending on when you arrive, and they have, the port control has each boat registered what time you should be there. You should drop anchor because it's 12 hours one way, 12 hours the other way. Right. That's how they run it. To get through the canal. Especially when you have the larger ships coming in, they don't want you passing each other because they figure sooner or later someone's going to bounce gonna off someone. Yeah. And then you bring the whole thing. What bring They just had that where what she was shut down for, what, three weeks until they got oh, that yeah. container ship out of there. Yeah. Um, one that turned sideways. Yeah. yeah. And and then lost power and they couldn't yeah. maneuver it and they yep. tried to dredge it out. And, and uh, they do have dredging going on most of the time. But it's, it's you know, it's like wagons ho and everyone's going north, you know. <laughs> and then 12 hours later, wagons ho and they're going there south. You, go. you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're heading for the I.O. Yeah. And um, the first officer of the container ship told me, he said, you wouldn't, we've done the math by going around the horn and cutting through the Suez. Big said, difference. Fuel? Oh. Oh, fuel, said, yeah. He said that's the biggest savings right there. Yeah. And, and time. He said and fuel and time. But he said if you look at the man, the, the hours we save and the fuel we save. Uh, he said so. Needless to say, when someone screws up the Suez and it comes to a screeching halt, yeah, they're the bad guys because you're we're sitting there idling and we're not advancing our cargo, but we're still getting paid. You yeah. know, and yeah. Yeah. It, it, the ship owners go berserk. The uh, the Mediterranean is very busy, very very busy. You really have to be on your toes for that uh, that cruise from the Suez out through Gibraltar. Right. And at Gibraltar is narrow. Yes. It's Twenty two some miles total, but you've got rock formations. I forget what the actual navigable for big Channels, ships. Channels. What the channel, channel is. is. Yeah. And they have their control. You know, and they will. They, you know, they're trying to run both sides, and they said, you know, the thing you hate to hear is, uh, you know, they would probably hate to hear is and say, you know, we've lost power, we've lost steering, we're yeah. in control, yeah. because you know you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure the tides coming in and out of there is unbelievable. Yeah. It's. He said, you know, you've got you got a lot of military uh, ships, Italy, Israel. There. He said, you know, anyone around there. Yep. He's got their navies. That's their ports are in yeah, there. Right. Yeah. Right. And he said, and he said, you know, the United States, we operate in the in the Med. Yeah. He said, and you think the Med, boy, it's a big place. He said, put that many boats in it, it's, it's not, not very big. Right. He said, uh, yeah, it's big until it gets filled up with all the boats. Right. <laughs> it's and, not and, too big. And he said, and you know, and you've got pleasure. You you got those yeah, hundred cruise foot pleasure yachts. You've got cruise liners. You've got. Uh, Lighters that are taking stuff from boats or taking supplies out to boats that don't yeah. have a big enough port for them to come in. Yeah. And he said, "You got all that stuff flying around." Yeah. And he said, "We generally, they generally run." He said, "We run extra lookouts," and uh, we said, "We generally have at least two command officers up on the bridge while we're in the med from the Suez all the way out." How long did it take to get from the Suez to the to the, the Suez? Atlantic? The med was. We were making good speed. We were making twenty. A little more in a day. Okay. We had to slow down a couple places because there were 
traffic traffic yeah but it yeah just a little bit more in 24 hours but he said you know that's when you're up on it he said and he's uh, the captain was eating his meals on the bridge he uh. wasn't even leaving I mean he did for the bathroom and stuff and he had to do some company work but he wasn't off that bridge it wasn't very, very, very long. long no or he said I'll catch up on my sleep on the other side yeah and he said I kind of insist he said my first officer is good enough to get us through here so it says my second and my third he said but he said I he said there's just, just so much yeah so much going on he said you know and, and you know you, again it's the the loss of life property yeah. right yep uh, they're taking the eco eco ecology uh, if you look at the uh, in the container ship you go down and look at the Wartzilla power plant which is three and a half four stories tall and you know a couple of football fields long and um, has fuel pipes going into cylinders that are about a foot in diameter um, and, and you just watch this thing chug um, but instead of just blowing all the smoke up the stack these things are actually turbocharged the turbochargers are like 12 tons you know there there's two of them. huge oh yeah everything's massive big. everything's massive. big oh, all the tools that are on the wall are you know you need a crane to pick them up yeah. you know wrenches yeah um but they are they're recycling and reburning the exhaust system until there's barely any and particulate any matter any that emissions. goes on yes yeah um something i did not know they they have to heat the fuel before they can even burn Huh. He said, you know, the, the fuel comes out of, because it's sludge, it's just bunker oil. And he said, it gets pumped, he said, there's rocks and stuff in bunker oil. And he said, and it gets pumped up um, into uh, a fuel preheater. And he said, we have to get it to the point so we could, so the diesel can actually burn it. Burn. You know, it yeah. can actually explode. Yeah. The cylinders are enormous. You know, you're talking about a 20-foot stroke on these cylinders that are, four foot in diameter or eight foot or whatever they are there I mean they're huge huge and maximum yeah and I think the max on that ship is like 110 revolutions per minute normal cruising speed somewhere depending on sea states between 95 96 is the sweet spot um, but it's you're still driving 21 22 knots yeah and that's you know with a load on and load. and and that's just it's it just amazes you yeah, that right. you're you could water ski behind this <laughs> <laughs> theoretically yeah. Yeah, long enough rope yeah, you know, yeah. but you could you know you definitely two behind it <laughs> yeah definitely two but I mean you know when you think about you know and they say that you know the engines come in you know when they um, the boat that I was on was built in uh, Hyundai Heavy Industries in Korea where most of them are done. Yeah. Um, the Nordic countries are still building, but Maersk, for example, builds all of their boats at home. They probably own the shipyard that they build them in. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Hyundai is the—that's the premier uh, in cargo in, in shipbuilding right now, yeah. and they turn them out. They turn out supposedly, you know, the master that was on ours said this thing was beautiful from the get-go. He said I've had very few problems with it. You know. He said, "There's always little glitches, your first few voyages until you get her settled in." Yeah, yeah. But he said, "Really?" He said, "For the amount of, and if you look at all of the screens, um, 
in aviation they call it an all-glass cockpit. His boat's new enough, it's an all-glass bridge. You know, he's seeing screens. Some of them are touch screens, but you know, it's little push buttons. And for that big engine, you know, there's that teeny tiny little throttle that he's enjoying back and forth. Yeah, and you know, and the thrusters for the joysticks, but you know, there's like I said, when they go into most ports, they're still, you know, they got a pilot. Um, he said, some captains have a lot of experience going into certain parts. Some of them, when they're rookies coming in, he said, you don't want them up there by themselves. He said, because they don't know the currents, the tides, right? right. Where you're going to make your, he said, on almost every damn port you're going to go in, you're going to have to make a spin sooner or later, or at least a very hard corner. Yeah. And he said, you know, and uh, again with wind hitting all those boxes up in the air, you're getting pushed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was, it was interesting watching the interaction of the pilot, the captain, and the tugs. You know, and you got to remember like which tugs where, and they go, you know, Sadie Marie push. You know, push, 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 push. You know, and you know, push hard, push soft. You know, give yeah. me a nudge. You know, and just, and these guys are just reacting to it. You know, yeah, like yeah. and and you watch watch yourself wiggle <laughs> right into the right into the berth. Yeah. You know, and as you're wiggling into the berth, the overhead gantry cranes they're lining up on you. Yeah. Because the minute they say that you give the Port director, I'm secure. Boom, boxes are coming off. You know, they're. They want them off. Yeah, because you're only in port, depending on how big of a load, you know, or how much you're taking off and how much you're taking back on, 10, 12, 14 hours, and you're back at it again. You know, you're, well, you're leaving. Heading back out. Yeah, they, they, you know, these boats sitting still, like airplanes, they don't make they any don't money make any sitting. Money. Right. No, they no. have to be working. If they're yeah. working, they're making money. Yeah. If they're sitting, they're not making money. If they could, if they could figure out, and I, I wonder if this is coming down the stretch, like on the containers, if they'll start picking up three or four boxes at a time instead of one. You just wonder if that's coming. Yeah. You know, if they can build a, a better capture right. system yeah. for all of them, where they can pull three or four boxes at a time and get them out. You know, and of course, on the Dock, all you see is boxes. Yeah. You know, I don't know how they keep. I know it's all computer, but yeah, uh, you keep, keep track, track of, of what aisle to go get. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, for the stuff that has to go on. Right. It, it's a ballet, and in if you have a stoppage, that just throws their world into a tizzy. You know, literally a tizzy, and um, the crew. You get some lot. You know. The cranes are gonna, they're doing all the work of getting stuff on and stuff on, on the container ship. Um, the crew have a few hours to themselves, but you watch them and the guys like that are in charge of engineering diversion or the, the electronics guys or whatever, they're taking that time to fix little things or to do little things, jobs that haven't really affected the performance of the craft, but they know they have to get at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, this needs done, that needs done. Yeah. Clean this, polish that, uh, take some rust off here, or you know, there's a couple of relays on this switch panel that really need to go. Uh, the the engineers are, you know, I don't like the way this one's running. You know, right. this generator, and you know, and you see the main power plant. Of course, it's got all these other auxiliary power plants that are making electric. 
to run the reefers. Um, they're making electric to run the boat. You know, yeah, and, yeah, they're, they're, they're running the water. They're preheating the fuel. You know, all this stuff. You know, it all has to work in oh, harmony. Right. You know, and it's just a. If it doesn't. No, and yeah. it's just an amazing, amazing thing to watch a crew work like that. You know, day in, day oh, out. I can only imagine. It, it, it sounds like it was amazing trip to take them. Both of them were. Yeah. Both of them were. Um, both, like I said, both on the Great Lakes and then you yeah, know out on the open ocean. ocean. Yeah. If you could, if you could do it again, would you? And which one, or both? I'd do them both. Do, would you? Yeah, um, and I, I think I, I would like if I had to do and do one more. I'd like to run like a major tow up the Mississippi. Okay. I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah. To to do that, that would be a. I think that would be another another trip. world to see. Yes. Yes. And to see how it works, uh, I was telling I was telling me JP before you came in um, to go. To go through the Mr. Go down in New Orleans, Mississippi River Golf Outlet. You know that it, if you stand on the shore and watch it, I don't know how they put all those boats through there <laughs> without coming to grief. Yeah. And I know it's choreographed, and you know you have to be in the right line, right position. Same thing going through the Suez, but yeah, I would love to see what it's like going through the from the water point of view, I'm going, going through that in or out. Right. Of the Mr. Go and you know hitting the ocean or you know the the bay and or coming up the Mississippi, but I think a trip like that would be in the olden days. Um, and I know I told you guys a couple days ago we were talking about doing this. Um, some of the Great Lakes freighters actually took passengers. Yeah. They never advertised it, but if you asked, they take you. Yeah. And you know you got to sit and watch those guys work. You know, but you 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 ate good. And okay, it wasn't. You didn't have room service, you know. But right. you had a nice room. You had a beautiful view of the lakes, and you could ride from, say, Detroit to, you know, wherever, and you know, in relative comfort, for a whole lot less money than if you chartered a boat or if you went on a cruise in the in the Bahamas. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you, you just have to get used to the. You know, you're not. No one's waiting on you. Yeah. Right on yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you change your own linen. You know, they do have porters uh, that work. You know, and they do the. You know, they they sweep and they straighten up. Um, the housekeeping. Yeah. yeah. But they prefer that you change your own laundry. Yeah. They, you know, it's yeah. like if you pay them extra, you know, if you tip the guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, you, you really don't want for anything. You could almost always get food. Um, you could, if you're a night owl and you're up at three o'clock in the morning, you go down into one of the rec rooms and watch TV, pull, um, pull movies, you know, whatever you want to do. Right. Um, they gave me generally parameters, areas they did not want me to walk into unescorted, and I understood that, you know. Right. And, and you just gotta, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't go wandering around the decks at three in the morning. No. You, know? <laughs> and you don't go out in the stacks. Right. Know? Yeah. They generally work in pairs. They they may they may split up, but they're not very far from each other. Right. Um, you know, they just don't want you wandering around. Um, they even that you know, I had submitted my fingerprint checks and my captain's license and everything. There were still areas of the ship I wasn't allowed in. Yeah. Yeah. Off limits. Yeah. Yeah. And because of most of it from two thousand one. 
yeah, yeah. security reasons. And I think they probably ratcheted that down when piracy started going. You know, they they're trying to limit exactly what can and can't happen on that boat as yeah. much as they can. Oh, and I don't yeah. blame the owners. No, again, with the kind of money that they have um, in it. that you have, you know the. The, the risk that you're taking just by going to sea um, because we're still governed by that death on the high seas act from old English common law Yeah. that if you can't prove that someone died at sea either horribly or with a lot of pain you really don't collect much from the ship owners it's, it's a limited liability yeah. right. and they've used it since the days of Titanic um, to, and, and the empress of uh, you know, the Empress of uh, Ireland when it went under a, in St. Lawrence. Um, if you're more than so many miles away from shore, they call it the Death on the High Seas Act. And if you think you're going to get millions upon millions out of these ship owners, you're not. Yeah. They said the one that's going to, the I can't think of it. What was the name of the cruise liner that the hot rod captain took himself aground near Italy. Sicily? Yeah. Remember, I, he, he, ruined, he ruined it. He a brand new boat. I can't remember the name of the ship the now, ship. but they said the people that are suing them, the ship owners from that, they're kind of screwed because the Death of the High Seas Act doesn't, doesn't apply. apply. Because they're so close. Yeah, they're right on top of the damned island when they right. run the guts right. out of her. Right. right. And that was damn near a brand new boat. Uh, I think they're still tearing, they're getting the last of it torn to pieces. Yeah. But they towed her up to you know, Turin or somewhere, and that's where she's being you know, carved out. And you know, of course, that was that's just being a show. You know, yeah. you had to override every system that that ship had built into it about anti-collision. The computers knew it was getting shallow, right. and he had to override all that stuff to do what he, he did. did yeah, you know, and that was just. And then he was one of the first ones off the ship. Yeah, that's always a fun thing to watch your captain go by. You know, I'm even there, Chief. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, good luck. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I, be back. Yeah, I'm going for help. Uh, you know, and it. You know, I've uh, I, I've enjoyed the trips. I know there's probably not a. I don't know. I've I've kind of nosed around in some of the tow companies down south just to see maybe yeah yeah and yeah. I'm not getting a whole lot of they thank me for my interest but no takers I, I I'm wondering if it's it's even liability you know if anything happens to me they're stuck with me no you know, yeah they and they don't want to pay the bill yeah you know? that that they're yeah. you know yeah. in, in you know, liability affects us all. They don't have that big of a crew either. Or, no, uh, no, yeah. they're no, they're running the, a lot smaller. That and the, the the size of it. And everything. But I'm talking one of those accommodations and stuff. Yeah, aren't gonna be one of those one way. of those um, real big tow real boats. Big tow yeah, boats, they're like five stories tall. And, yeah, you know, they can push a hundred barges at a time. Yeah, or whatever. But yeah, that that would be a that would be a neat trip. That would be. Absolutely. Or even if I had to do it on, say, you know, the American Queen or, or Delta Queen, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to see those. Uh, my dad and mom were lucky enough; they took a, a trip on the American Queen several years ago, and they wandered all through the steam plant, um, you know, watching those engines chuff. Now, even though they they do have props underneath to help them, so that they yeah. can at least maintain. A decent speed because right. of current. Right. But he said, watching that 
that engine chuff and, and push, you know, back and forth up and down those greased rails. The pistons, you know, Maybe turning that, that yeah, wheel. That oh. Wheel. And he said, you know, and you said, the wheel looks kind of fragile. He said, you get up close to it. He said, that's some serious wood steel in that thing. <laughs> he said, thick, big. It may be painted pretty, he said, but it's, it's he yeah. said, there's a lot of wood and steel in that pretty wheel. Beefy. Beef, yeah. Yeah. Pretty beefy. Um, they said they resurrected those engines from an old army dredge. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, that's those those engines are from like 1890 something, and they X-rayed the you know the weld the rivets and and they actually re-welded the boiler and put it in welds now. But those engines were off an army dredge, huh. um, because they said you know we're gonna they, these are steamboats, yeah. you know, and yeah. we're gonna keep keep it steamboats. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it come up here twice, and God, it's big. Oh, they are. It's yeah. big, you know. That's a large ship. Yeah, that would be an interesting cruise because you know, even just going from New Orleans up to Pittsburgh here, because you you know get to see all that. Yeah, just yeah, it's expensive. And oh, that would yeah. be a long trip too. Yeah. By fourteen to twenty days, I think it's yeah. expensive. Yeah, I know my parents only went from they got it when it deadheaded at Pittsburgh, and they rode Pittsburgh to Cincinnati. They, okay. That was it. Was like four or five days, and my dad said, "You ain't got enough money yet, kid." <laughs> he said, "This ain't cheap. Trust me." He said, "I almost shot your mother over this." <laughs> he said, "You know," and she said, "We're going to take a steamboat." Okay, fine. You know, he said, and then he saw what. Well, and it wasn't was. like he said it wasn't like we were riding steerage, and it wasn't like we were riding first class. He said we were on the second deck, and he said and it was pricey. Pricey. Right. He said, of course, you don't need any money while you're on board. He said, but it's pricey. pricey. Right. Yeah. Right. He's a very, very pricey. pricey. Yeah. He said, you get what you pay for, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'd I like to do that. I I toyed with the idea of, I don't know whether to go towards, you know, they have cruises now that take you down in the Antarctic. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're a long way from Oh yeah, you're a long way from long help. way. Yep, long way from anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, unless you unless you're going to the part that's right at the tip of South America, but even still, you're not you're not close. And they say that's wild weather. You know, going around oh. going around the, the the South America. They said, yeah, that's some crazy weather. Even in when it's supposed to be nice weather. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice. They yes. said the currents. Yeah, uh, you know the storms that brew down the there. Worst, one of the, the worst places on transit, the earth to transit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a couple of the guys on the container ship said that the uh, uh, Cape of Good Hope brought Africa. Right. He said if you're coming from the Atlantic over into the Indian, he said you're going to run into the Agalhas current, and he said. That is just nasty. He said it runs right down the east side of Africa. He said it is treacherous, tricky, um, and according to what I read from Noah, that's where a lot of rogue waves are born yeah. in the Indian Ocean. Is right along right there, right along there. And yeah. he said you can get smacked with a wall of water and not see it coming until it's on top. Of you, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And it's funny the things that. For years, a lot of people dismissed 
rogue waves as sea stories or an excuse for a bad captain show. Right. And you know, guys lost their careers and you know because they got smacked flat. Yeah. And they said it wasn't until what was it, sixty I think it was in the earlier to mid sixties, the Queen Mary was coming over and she got hit by a rogue on her transit to the United States and it blew out her pilot house windows and there were they were ninety feet above water. Yeah. And that's when people finally started saying they may be not lying. This, yeah. These aren't these, these aren't rum soaked yeah, stories. Yeah, that, these are yeah, maybe these guys know what they're talking yeah, about. They really did see that. Because no one had ever you know, that no one really had ever seen for or the guys that did get hit by them never came home. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what the um, the you know, they they still think that the uh, Fitz was knocked over by a rogue, was was picked up. Bye. It's stuffed. And since she had a forward pilot house, within a couple of seconds, she's yes. underwater, you can't yell for help. You yeah. Know, you're done. And that's why that she just disappeared. And sure enough, when they found her, she was busted in half. And they said, you know, 300 foot of water, she's 700 foot long, you have 400 foot of unsupported steel. Snap. Yep. And, you know, I, I remember when that happened, and then, well, you know, those poor guys didn't have a chance. And they found one of her. They found one of her lifeboats, aluminum lifeboat. You know, open the old the old stop Titanic quote yeah, stop. Yeah. She was torn in half. So whatever hit her, knocked her down. Pretty, you know, pretty like that. Pretty yeah. good. Yep. But the, yeah, I I do any you know I could do any of the trips again. <laughs> I, I do. I want to go back on even. I want to see what one of these. Nineteen thousand box container ships <laughs> to, to do. Yeah, Actually, you know how can it maneuver? You know, again, can, you know how can it maneuver? Yeah, I you know, I would love to go out on a Nimitz carrier or the new Ford class. Yeah, I mean size, size is size. I'm yeah. sorry, but I just want to see it work. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I want to see how they make it work. And that that was the most interesting was watching the the interface between the crew the automation and the boat itself and right. making it respond and you know and they have such a they have learned so much I think in shipbuilding and in commanding a crew that they know it can mesh and, and you're almost all almost all of you are on autopilot I mean yes. you're still doing the safety work and you're doing a good job and that's that's what the big boat line companies, I think they're really, they want to make sure that you're not out there just for yourself, that you're going to watch your your the rest of the crew's back, but the whole thing is to get you from point A, point B, safely, economically, and you do a good job. Right. And, and they, right. I don't really think they tolerate fools very much. Oh. I, I, I don't think you get up to one of the premier jobs on the seas like running the Emma Maersk or you know which is a 17 or 18,000 you know right. box container ship and you don't get those jobs I don't even think you get a job as a deckhand until you've got some hours some trips under your belt and they know you are a reliable safe uh, dedicated worker right to them right you know to or to the ship that you're on they right. don't want right. they don't want yep 
you know, you're you're not getting the you're not getting the bottom of the barrel. I, I think you know you you just don't say, hey, I want to go on the MMRs. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's see where you've been first. Yeah. And yeah. What, yeah. What's, what, your, what's your resume? And it better be pretty good. And not only the resume, I got a feeling they do a lot of talking to the the people that they oh, work yeah. with. For, yeah. yeah. What oh, kind yeah. of you know, what kind of guy is he? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, exactly. Even. To looking to see how you keep your space, you know, your room. You know, yeah, are you a right. slob? If, if if you dress, you know, if you if you come up in dirty uniform and you know, yep. uh, you know, I think they look at everything and everything because you know, again, it's the investment they're trying to protect. Exactly. And the one thing they can't put a price on is if you start losing lives. Right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And that's like I said, that's you know, it all rolls back, Greg. I just wanted to. I just wanted to see how the big boys lived, <laughs> you know. But I think it, I think it helped me become a better mariner. Good. Uh, your training at school was to me phenomenal. But coming back in and then seeing the tachometer like at ninety four, and I'd say we're reducing speed. He goes, "Yeah, the boat decided. <laughs> you know, the swells are picking up. We're gonna so come back a couple more. And it." It's constantly, constantly doing it. monitoring, and you think of all the computing power that's in that ship, from the engine and propulsion, and how much, you know, how much fuel it's burning, how many tons of fuel that they burn an hour, you know, everything, and it all has to, yeah, all has to jump. It all has to, yeah, do it, and then the human, like you said, in the human part of it, yeah. right, right, and the humans are always watching the machines, you know, and. You know, there's always something to do. You know, you, you see a crewman walking around, unless he's off duty. He's doing something. Yeah. He's, he's on his way to go do something, or he's just coming back and finishing it. it. Yeah. And he's going to report to his officer, hey, that little thing you wanted me to take care of on three deck, done. done. You know? done. Yeah. And they and then there's paperwork. You know, they're signing off on everything. Uh, I didn't see them. I don't know if they're using tablets now. Uh, but you know, it was all clipboards and papers. You know, yeah. and if you were a technician and you were signing off on a job, you had to sign off, and then your boss had to go inspect it, and make sure you did it right, and then he'd sign off on it. Yeah. Sort of like aircraft. You know, it. Yeah. it Everything's. You know, they're they're actually the airplanes. Check and double check. Yeah, to make sure. Yeah. Because if something goes bad, they're going to land on somebody. Oh yeah. Know? And like you said, it starts with the captain. Yeah. Work its down. way down. Yep. Because the captain's going to say, well, your electronic technician, you know, screwed up this computer. Did he? <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah. Doesn't make any difference. Right. Exactly. You're the one that's got the car keys. <laughs> right. Um, right. Most of those guys, uh, both of them, I think they had almost 25 years, almost 30 years of work before they got their own command. Which, th and that's, that's interesting, too, because they're, you know, Kind of evolving with the technology itself yeah. because I mean, right. the ships are changing. That yeah, they're fast. seeing. Yeah, they're seeing how how, how much quickly. You know, so that's really a job where you can't be like, well, in the old days, this is how we did, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, they the need their old skills, like watching them go out on a bridge wing, and you could see them turning their heads to where the wind's coming. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and you could see them using the old stuff that they knew coming up. As well as relying on what the what they can use, and you know, he could say, "Come ahead on that port thruster," you know, or back it off. You know, it. You could see it. Yeah, you know, he's looking at the water. He's looking up at the sky. 
like I said, you could see him turn his head, and every once in a while you'd see a guy stick his hand up, you know, and follow the wind a little bit. <laughs> I'm going, okay, you know, you don't trust your, you know, and most of them had like uh, a weatherproof mini helm out on the wing, right? Take the cover off, and you can actually do right. most of the maneuvering right. there, and you know, it's got wind speed and direction, you know, and he's still putting his hand up, right. you know, <laughs> and he's looking down. And he goes, yeah, he said, and the one time we were looking, we were going into the, I think it was on the, yeah, it was on the uh, the freighter. We're, we're like maybe 10 feet from the dock wall. And he kept, and he goes, just looking down. And he goes, nudge support. <laughs> All right, softer. I said, what are you looking at? I said, you're looking at the distance. He goes, no, look at the water. Said, what do you mean you're looking at the water? He said, well, we're walking sideways. He said, I learned to do it. He said, I'm not going to say I invented it. I didn't. He said, I watched the waves. As they build, I'm getting closer because I'm, I'm pushing harder. Pushing harder. He yeah. said, and he said, I can get an idea of, he said, he, he said, give me a minute. You know, he kept looking down. He's, he's going, okay, a little more on the port. I'll stop, you know. And we just kind of slid right in. Going boom, you know, I said, "That's pretty slick." He said, "He said sometimes I do it better than others." <laughs> he said, "He said, yeah." And he, he, like I said, he was funny. He said, "I put some dents on this thing." He said, "He said no one." He said, "You can't drive something this big and not." He said, "You don't want to put gouges in it." Right. He said, right. "But occasionally you scrape then He said, "That's going to yeah, happen." Gonna he happen. said, yeah. "And he said it's and sometimes it's me. I was too slow to react, or too quick to react." And he said, and that's why repetitive. And he said, that's why my officers. He said, there are times where he said maybe the weather isn't so nice, but I'll make them take us in. And he said, now I'll be right on top of them, and if I think we're getting into trouble, I'll stop them. He said, but they have to learn to do this. Right. Yeah. He yeah. said, what? What if you know? Surprise to me. Yeah. He yeah. said, what if I'm laying in my bed and I can't move? You yeah. know, um, you got to be able to do it. And he yeah. said, and if you if you're trying to work ahead to be in command someday, you gotta learn that. You can't go in or just start banging it off the dock right. walls, you know, or lock walls and say, oh, well, I'm learning. Yeah. They expect you to know. Right. 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 Um, right. It, like I said, it's, it's, both captains were, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but they, to me, were very low key, you know. Um, I think they would be the kind that if you needed reprimanded for something, they'd take you somewhere where no one else would see it, and he'd give you what for. But I, they didn't look like the kind that would hold a grudge, you know, just because you screwed up once. Oh, okay, but you're, you know, I expect you to learn from it. You're not going to do it again. Right. That kind of thing. Right. But they, you know, the um, just in his commands, you know, he'd crack one out if he saw something starting to happen that he didn't like. Most of the time it was, you know, come ahead on the port. Ease off, you know. Do this, you know. Do that. Um, he said, and "That's the problem." He said, "In the Great Lakes, he said there are very few pilots." You know, we, he said, "We go in and out ourselves." Yeah. But yet, you know, when you get out on the high seas, now it's a different. You're story. going into so many different ports. I don't know how you could keep everything straight no. in your brain. No, you're right. Even if you had a folder, but who has time sometimes yeah, to flip through pages, figure pages. that out? Yeah. yeah. Plus, plus, plus again, the currents of. Tides, exactly what's hitting you that day. Right. right. But yeah, it was funny, yo. Know, he was going, he said, 
I said, you're watching the distance of the water. He said, no, I'm watching the water. <laughs> what? He goes, waves are different. He said, as we come closer and closer, the wave formations are different. And that, he said, to me, that tells me where I am with my engines and maneuver. And he said, I know I can get it within so many feet. He said, you know, if the wind's correct, I could just stop it, and he said, she'll just suck right up against it. Right in. Without I don't have to know. worry about it. And I just went, that's, he goes, that's 30 some years of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. Learn those little things. Nothing, yeah. Nothing, nothing that beats experience. So. No. Yeah. It's seat time, right? Yeah. And you know, it's when you're away from it for seven months, you got to get your seat time back in yeah. to drive yeah. again, to me, anyhow. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But you guys, uh, were, like I said, I did it. I, I just wanted to be better at it. Uh, whether I ever used it commercially or not, I just wanted to be better at boating, period. Yeah. And knowing a little bit more about, knowing a lot more about, and like I said, if I had thought about geographically re relocating, I got an idea of, you know, how to go out and, and do it out in the big water. Right, right. As right. opposed to the Ohio River and the Beaver River. Right. right, absolutely. So I, I, I don't, uh, I don't regret for a minute the time I spent with you guys. Well, we and definitely appreciate that. Well, the other thing yes. that anyone that's listening to this ought to know, and you say it, you said it, you know, repeatedly through. Just because you graduate, if you need help with something, come back, sit in the class again if you want to. Yeah. Or call me, we'll go over what you're having problems with, like if it's navigation or rules or anything. But Absolutely. you've always said, don't hesitate. We're yeah. always here. Just because you graduated does not mean you can't come back and we, we're going to charge you money again. No. Just yeah. call us. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. we'd rather you be safe and know what you're doing than exactly wandering off and forgetting something and oh yeah i got to do that you know? <laughs> yes right absolutely being out there so. and i think that's what makes your school your classes your relative i you know there were what 20 of us i think when i went through something, something like, like that was to it something and, like that but it was still intimate enough you know it was fun yep but it was intimate enough that you thought you're being personally instructed and that i can't thank you guys enough for that was that I, I really think that helped me a lot, to tell you the truth. Well, we really appreciate that, and I, I definitely want to thank you for sitting down and, and talking with us here. Anytime. Having and a good chat. Yes, I think that's anytime. one of the things I think we will, if you don't mind, we'll do this again. Oh, no, sure. You know, like I said, I hear a new story every time we talk about this, so I'm sure we have plenty more. I don't have a ton more nautical. I do have the one, and we really do need to spend the time. When I met the... Uh, first mate of the Arthur Anderson. Sounds good. And that ties into what you we talked about near the front. Yeah. So that's a tease yeah. <laughs> for the next time yeah. for for uh, for that story oh. up on the lakes. Even though I wasn't there, I was a young kid, but I got to meet one of the persons that was involved in it. Was involved, it. yeah. That sounds great. So um, all right, like I said, uh, we'll we'll chat again and good. Uh, We'll talk to everybody here soon. So thank Looking you for listening. Looking forward to it. Right. Thank you. Thank you.